Awesome. So thank you everyone for joining us on the foyer again. It's good to see everyone's faces. Uh, thank you, Catherine, as well for your um, awesome sermon. Um, I really felt because of the context you gave and the background, I really kind of dived into the passage. I felt like I was actually there watching the situation and I was able to understand it much better. So thank you so much for that um, as well. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a few questions. Normally we ask um, questions and then people are open to kind of continue to ask questions and share any reflections they have from the sermon. I think there's, there's a lot we can learn um, from the sermon today. So it'd be great for us to talk about these things. So I just got three questions. Hopefully they make um, sense. Um, but the first question um, sort of comes with a statement. Um, I love what you mentioned about uh, how Jesus treated the woman. You said uh, he does not condone her act, but responds in a way that protects her as a person and her future too. How do you think we can imitate Jesus's behavior as a church? Yeah, so it's, it's quite interesting when we look at the different groups of people who were there at the time and, you know, who, who are we going to act most like? Are we going to act like the crowd who just walked away and didn't want to get involved? You know, at the beginning, they're there surrounding Jesus and they see yeah. the Pharisees arrive with the women and they they just disappear. That By the end of the story, they're not there. So as a church, do we when we see injustices being done, do we just, you know, quietly walk away or do we, mm. you know, stay put and respond to, to with compassion to something mm. that's happening in front of us? Mm. Or, um, you know, the Pharisees, they were there and they were, um, you know, using her to push their agenda forward. Exactly. They weren't willing to help her. Mm. And what they wanted became more important than the woman in front of them. And so, mm. you know, do we act like the Pharisees or do we choose as a church to be more like Jesus? And mm. actually do we, um, you know, when we, when we meet people, do we treat them with compassion? Do yeah. we refuse to condemn people? Do we make sure that we give somebody, the people that we meet um, chances? Do we offer them love? do we offer them an opportunity of new life? Because actually, you know, as, as, as people who know Jesus' love for ourselves, we should be offering that love to other people as well. And so Absolutely. I think that that's something that's really important for us as a church to Absolutely. do, to make sure that we're, we're, we're not acting like the crowd, we're not acting like the Pharisees, yeah. but we're choosing instead to act mm. in the way that um, Jesus did. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Catherine. And I think, yeah, definitely pausing and reflecting on our actions and being intentional about these things are definitely important. Um, but the next question I had for you was, um, you gave us a very powerful challenge. The challenge was to see others as God sees them and treat everyone in the, in the way that Jesus would. How do we do this practically as a church today? And it's kind of similar to the, the first question, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, it's it's easy. In, in some ways, the the Pharisees had othered the woman. They they had treated her as less than human. She wasn't one mm. of them. And actually, the challenge to us, if we're gonna, you know, see others as God sees them, is to to make sure that we get to know people. And to, um, you know, it, you, you, it's hard to other somebody else if you actually know their name, you know them as a person. And um, if 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 we we choose to do that then I think that that gives us an opportunity to, to see others as God sees them. And mm. as well, you know, it's, it's a challenge to us as well to keep our hearts in the right place, to, to mm. check what is our, um, you know, mm. what's our motives in, in, in things. How, how are we going to 
how we're going to treat other people. I think it's to keep our hearts soft before God and Amen. to actually get to know people. Amen. Amen. And you kind of made me think about what would, you know, what would the world look like if we actually treated others as we want to be treated or treated others like Jesus in terms of the worldwide church. I think the impact that we'll have in our communities, in our world would be so powerful. So thank you for that reflection. Uh, and the last uh, question, um, more of a, yeah, asking, is there any other points um, or highlights you want to remind us of from uh, your sermon? Because again, there is quite a, a lot we can learn from that passage and pick up from that passage, but is there any thing that's kind of been on your mind and that you just kind of want to remind us of or highlight in your sermon yeah I was uh, um I was I was thinking more about as well the um fact that some copies of John's gospel um didn't include this passage and and I just thought to myself well actually this this kind of like ties in with the fact that it's it's difficult if we're going to be you know this this passage is also a challenge to us and and there's always that temptation to skip over um, things that we find in the Bible that are difficult and yeah and although I, I sort of like said well actually in the context you know of a culture of honor and shame people might have asked the, the scribe to leave that out because they didn't want their daughters or nieces to be you know falling into adultery and then bringing shame on their family but actually you know the, the, the passage is a challenge to us and maybe you know we might skip over bits that we choose to read or to reflect on and maybe some of those early Christians had just said, right, this is too difficult. We don't want to be challenged by this. Let's just have it left out altogether. Yeah. You know, there's there's always that challenge, isn't there, to us Absolutely. To, to make sure that we're to make sure that we're, you know, letting God address us and our hearts through the, through the whole of scripture. Amen. And you know, it's it, it, it's easy to just just think about ourselves and to not think about other people. And we we've seen that as well in in the first lockdown when people were grabbing all the toilet paper for themselves you know it's, it's human nature to just think about yourself and to, you know it, the people who were not getting toilet paper were faceless and anonymous and that's kind of like how the pharisees had treated this woman mm, absolutely easy to fall into that awesome thank you for that Catherine. so i'm going to kind of open up the floor if anyone has any Questions or reflections from today's sermon, feel free to wave or unmute yourself. Already have one, Michael. Um, and yeah, so feel free if you have any questions or reflections, just to unmute yourself. But yeah, Michael, if you go first. Yeah, awesome. um, yeah I was just saying to Jacqueline, um, we, we use daily Bible notes from Scripture Union. And so we don't decide what we read from the Bible in a way. I mean, we can obviously read the Bible anytime we like, and we can read what we like, um, but we're given bits to read. Uh, and that means that we don't skip bits that we don't like um, because there they are. And of course the notes are helpful as well to unpack them. Um, and so I'd certainly recommend using, um, using Bible notes um, yeah. for, that, for that reason and for other reasons as well, obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And I think, yeah, similar to uh, like even today, um, I have the one year Bible thing that kind of orders the Bible in a particular way. And today I was looking yeah. at um, Exodus where I was talking about the instructions of the tabernacle, this amount, this amount, this amount. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? But actually learning that, you know, God's provision, uh, so much things you can actually learn from those passages that are quite challenging or, or difficult to read. And I can't wait to get to Leviticus and Numbers. To get through all of those stuff as well but there's so much we can learn from that so yeah thank you for that michael any other questions reflections 
Yes, Trevor. Yeah, I, I, I was just wondering, Catherine, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you pointed out that it's the woman who is brought, not, not the man, he's not with her. And there is just something about, you know, the, the I don't know, the woman who has sexually fallen. <laughs> or, or, I, I mean, it, it just feels like the most cliched or one of the most familiar lines of, of attack or people being victimised. I mean, I sort of think often of like in France after the Second World War, it was was women who were scapegoated if they, they'd had relationships with, um, with German soldiers, for example. I, I just wonder, I mean, is there something here about scapegoating or, or yeah. he, yes, Jesus stands with the victim, but she's a particular type of victim, isn't she, or sinner, the, 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 the person who's made out to be, yeah, particularly fallen, I suppose. Mm type of sin which invites a particular type of of judgment yeah. of that yeah yeah and and you know it's 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 hu fallen human nature isn't it to always find scapegoats whether it's a woman or different people you know migrants or whoever people always look for someone that they can make mm -hmm. into a scapegoat and and, and and that's yeah something that we as a church need to go actually we shouldn't be like the crowd and just walk away whenever we see injustices done we yeah. need to make sure that we're willing to stand up and yeah. say you know this is an injustice here yeah. Yeah, absolutely i think paul i think i saw your hand up thanks denzel yeah yeah thank you catherine for this morning it's um challenging and it explored the way way beyond many people have heard preach sermons on that passage and I appreciate that um, and I think uh, just one of the phrases we've just been talking about now um, seeing other people as God sees them is a it's a great uh, great statement it's a great concept and it's great when we bring it to a church but there's some buts in there. <laughs> um, you know, we, how do we initiate it? How do we process this within a church community so that it's not just good teaching, great teaching with a biblical background to it, but how do we enable people to, as a community of God, to take this forward because it has to be, a, what's coming is not good, good teaching in the head, it's a change of culture. And of course it goes not just into the one particular realm we tackled today, it's, it's an extraordinary uh, wide band of things that we find it extremely difficult to say, uh, yes, we heard that in church, it's great, but when we walk out on the high street or we're traveling on a train or we're stuck in a queue somewhere and we feel we've been missed out or what's happening. How do we take that and grow that culture as a, as a church community, not just on a Sunday or when we're watching a, a worship on scene, to, to live this out? And uh, do we go as far as saying, okay, how do we hold each other accountable as the body of Christ in this area? Good question. 
<laughs> I think there has to be intentionality about it. You know, some, um, some things are easy to put into practice if they're going to just be, a, um, a, 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 you know, a reflex reaction. But sometimes when a culture has been one that's been in place for a long, long time, it's difficult to, first of all, see that something needs to change. And I think, therefore, it needs to be spoken about a lot. And it also needs to be modelled as well. And we need to hear about examples of when it has, when when things have, um, you know, been done in the right way. And um, yeah, so there, there are all, whenever there's a change in culture, there's always going to be um, challenge. And, you know, with Jesus' example, you know, he takes the flack off the woman. She's she's the one who's, who could potentially die in this situation. And, the, the, you know, he, he turns the attention away from her to making people search within their own hearts and taking the attention away to, um, to, onto himself. And I, it, it's, yeah, it, the challenge comes in, how do we actually do that? But I'm, I'm not left without any hope because I, I really feel that the Holy Spirit speaks to us as well and nudges us and reminds us. And just as, you know, maybe Jesus was writing um, about the sins of the people that were standing in front of him. We have the Holy Spirit within us who's convicting us. And I think that, you know, we can't say that, that that's not going to be a big thing as well in, in our own hearts. That we, we, It's keeping open to God and allowing him to speak into our lives too. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. Oh. Are there any other questions, reflections? I think there's two screens. Alan, Alan Bedford. Sorry, I couldn't find me now to <laughs> unmute. Uh, yeah, it, it, I was just struck in a sense the um, you know the passage he's talking about adultery, uh, which was like one of the sort of you know the sins that was really horrendous in that in that culture, but it's not so much so in in the current culture. I just wonder if there's any thoughts. Well, what sort of are there sins today that we take the same attitude against that we should maybe um, consider how we approach them? what they might be oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, um yeah I, it was it was i don't know if any of you watched um the tv program it's a sin on channel four and and about the great injustice it was it was a fabulous program if you ever get to see it but um you know thinking about um um, homosexuals and um, the the way that you know they they were treated in the eighties was absolutely horrendous and um, you know to a large extent well not, not maybe not really to a large extent uh, we we tend to judge different people from different people groups don't we and um, sometimes we get good at covering up the sin that we do and, and we we sugarcoat sins and things as well but it's it, uh, that that's that that would open a whole. I'm I'm gabbling now. <laughs> it would open up a whole bag of worms, you know. Sort of like with, um, if I, I tried to name sins that that churches have have sinned against different people groups with, uh, you know, because yes. actually when we point a finger at other groups, we're pointing fingers back at ourselves. And if we try and say, well, actually, this is a sin. Yes, Jesus doesn't say, you know, didn't decry the fact that this woman has, has committed a sin. He tells her to go and sin no more. 
but it's kind of like when actually when we sin when we point out people groups and we say well you're not able to join us you're not welcome here and and i think that we've done that with different groups of people throughout i think our, i mean the question was almost like challenging everybody to think that really yeah, <laughs> yeah. and putting you on the spot <laughs> but yes this, it's really helpful what you're saying, Catherine, and your question, Alan, because like, if we're honest, I mean, I mean this is part of, we're moving on our, our preaching, isn't it, by being a warm and welcoming church. Every single church in the UK will have a sign somewhere in its building saying all welcome, but actually all welcome, you know what I mean? You really mean that? Because, because we'll put the sign up and we'll all have little ideas, won't we? Well, actually, there are some people who, I'm not so sure... I, want to keep them at arm's length and yeah. just, you know this is deeply challenging stuff isn't it yeah that would be yeah. urged to, to think yeah. and when when we look at ourselves we should be saying well actually whose whose voices are we not hearing yeah whose faces are we not seeing and mm. i think that was a good judge you know yeah. way to to think to ourselves who are we mm. excluding mm. 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 it was just sorry one of the thought i had which is I mean, because you, you mentioned, Paul, the issue of culture and stuff as well. And it, it's, um, I mean, there's been all this horrible stuff around Ravi Zacharias that some of us might have read about over the last week. And it's just a reminder again that when stuff goes wrong, it's not just one individual, it, it is whole churches. You know, you see yeah. this pattern of people have colluded, people have looked the other way. It was a man, it was a, a powerful man who had people who were able to people who were willing to, to, to enable and, and not ask hard questions. Uh, and he almost became too powerful. He'd bring the whole thing down with him. And, and yeah, this is just, just what we're saying here about accountability. We all, we all have to work together very hard, haven't we, to keep asking kind of searching questions of ourselves and each other um, if we're to do this stuff well. Mm. But it ought to be done, yeah. Mm. Big stuff. Yeah. Any last questions before we go into our breakout rooms? And I'm just flicking through these two pages. Any last burning thoughts before? No? Cool. Awesome. Yeah, we can continue to discuss, uh, catch up, uh, pray for one another, uh, whatever we feel like. Uh, doing in our breakout rooms, just behave yourselves. Uh, let me just pause this for 